0: Thank you for standing by, and welcome to the Nanasonic's 2018 Half-Year Financial Results Investor Call. All participants are in a listen-only mode. There will be a presentation followed by a question and answer session. If you wish to ask a question, you will need to press the star key followed by the number one on your telephone keypad. I would now like to hand the conference over to Mr. Michael Cavanaugh, CEO. Please go ahead. Thank
1: you, and a very good morning, everybody, and thank you all for joining the call. Um, I'm joined here in Sydney uh, by McGregor Grant, our CFO. Well, this morning you would have seen we released our FY18 half year results, which demonstrate continued good progress towards establishing our Tropon technology, a standard of care, as well as important advances internationally, not only in the strengthening of the fundamentals for ongoing adoption of our on technology, and that's stemming from the release of new guidelines and studies, but importantly, also expansion of our international operations and capabilities, which really sets us up for continued Tropon growth as well as the introduction of new products. Now, some of the key highlights for the half include, well, we got a continued strong installed base growth of uh, Tropon units in North America, with the installed base growing by 1,700 units in the uh, first half, and this now has the total North American installed base at approximately 14,100 units as of the end of December, and very pleasingly, the growth momentum continues in the United Kingdom, with managed equipment service units growing 86% in the uh, first half. Now, when looking at the financials, uh, something that's important to note is that as our business expands, so too have our selling models, and we now have a broadening number of selling models, each with different revenue profiles. And these models include the traditional capital equipment sales, where we recognize the full sale of the capital equipment up front. Then we have capital equipment rentals where the revenue from the capital is recognized over time, so not all of it up front. Then our managed equipment service model, in particular in the United Kingdom, where we place the actual units in the hospital and retain ownership of the units, and then the customer pays an increased all-inclusive price for the consumables In return for the use and maintenance of the capital equipment. So in that particular model, there's no upfront capital equipment uh, revenue. Then of course, we have our distribution models, which include full distribution such as that with uh, GE Healthcare in the United States, uh, where we sell to GE and then they sell capital consumables and service to end users. And then we have our capital resellers model with the other ultrasound OEMs where They can sell the capital equipment uh, only and non-sell consumables and services to those customers. So there is a broadening mix and sales in the first half reflect this, um, all of course in the context that the installed base has going very nicely uh, again in this first half. It's also uh, worth noting that the first half sales, they also reflect a reduction in sales of consumables and accessories, in particular to GE Healthcare in North America. And the value of that reduction was approximately 1.8 million dollars. And that's mainly associated with GE's inventory holding management. And this, of course, was foreshadowed in the the guidance that we uh, gave for the year. So taking the the mix of all the different business models and, of course, that inventory management then the overall first half sales were $30 million, which was a reduction of 4% compared to uh, prior half or a, a modest 2% in constant currency. Our operating profits uh, before tax was $3.7 million, so that was up 3% on the uh, prior half. And our cash reserve also grew to $66.5 million, so that was up from $63 million uh at june uh, 30th uh, 2017 and that maintains a, a strong balance sheet for us to support um, our strategic growth agenda um, very importantly the in terms of the, what's happening out in the markets well the international fundamentals for adoption continue to strengthen and we saw new guidelines again coming through uh, in the first half including European Society of Radiology Guidelines and the British Medical Ultrasound Society Guidelines all requiring uh, uh, high-level disinfection. As part of our Geographical Expansion Strategy, we've appointed a Business Development Manager for Europe and the Middle East and, and really to support our geographical expansion on the back of all these new guidelines being released and our market development in the Middle East progressed also in the half with two new distribution agreements signed uh, in the period. And of course we continued investment in our new product development program with uh, increased investment in that program uh, in terms of OPEX uh, anticipated in the second half. Now a few comments perhaps on the uh, regional operations and uh, starting in North America. Well, as I mentioned, uh, Trofon is certainly um, continuing to perform very well over there uh, in our strategy to establish it as standard of care and uh, with 1,700 units adopted in the half. And as I mentioned, that gives the total installed base in the North American hour of 14,100. And this continues strong adoption. It really clearly demonstrates the technology becoming uh, the standard of care. And maybe to put this install base into some context, well, today in the United States, there will have been approximately 42,000 ultrasound procedures will have been funded. And there's still, of course, a big opportunity in North America where the total market opportunity is estimated to be in the order of 40,000 units. So we're only 35% market penetrators, but certainly on a good rate of, of growth and adoption over there. We have appointed in the in the last period a new regional president, uh, Ken Shaw, um, to uh, lead our growing North American operations and significant investment has been made in that region with the North American resources now growing to 50 people across sales, clinical applications, service, finance and uh, distribution functions. And this investment of course is not only to support the ongoing growth of Trofon, but also set up the necessary infrastructure and channel to market for the introduction of our anticipated new products. And from January this year, we have also brought all our order fulfillment in-house from our new warehouse and distribution center in Indianapolis, and that's compared to what we were using in the past third-party logistics. Um, but this what this also gives us is the capacity and the capability to supply consumables to the North American installed base from July 2019 when the new GE Capital Reseller agreement comes into effect. And a major growth driver for the region and internationally, in fact, is the requirement for all semi-critical ultrasound probes to be high-level disinfected. Because I think in the past, a lot of people were really thinking it was all about inter-cavity probes, but indeed there's a lot of um, surface ultrasound probes that are semi-critical in nature, and the guidelines mandate that all semi-critical probes uh, need to be high-level disinfected. And also found it's it's now used extensively in many hospital departments for semi critical procedures such as biopsies or central and peripheral venous access or nerve blocks, just to mention a few. And all of these procedures that use surface probes um, do require high level disinfection in accordance with the guidelines. And one hypothesis that we actually had uh, was that many of the infection prevention community are not really fully aware of the range of procedures where ultrasound is being used in the hospitals and therefore um, not really being on top of where high-level disinfection is being used or not being used associated with these surface probes. And to confirm that during the half um, we partnered with the University of Louisville where an official survey was conducted amongst the infection prevention specialists throughout the US to identify a surface probe and ultrasound probe use across different hospital departments, but also the disinfection practices for these probes. And indeed our hypothesis rang true and the preliminary data clearly demonstrates the need for major improvements in this area And the full results of this study are expected to be peer reviewed, published uh, this half. And data like this supports what we we call internally our Go Wide, Go Deep strategy, where the objectives of Go Wide are to have TROPHON placed in all relevant hospitals. But as, if not more importantly, the objective of Go Deep is to ensure that TROPHON is in all the relevant departments within those hospitals that are doing semi-critical procedures. And that's certainly a significant opportunity for growth as we move forward. Moving to Europe, well, as mentioned, in the UK, there was strong unit growth was recognized in the first half, um, and really as a, a result of guidelines and increasing awareness, as well as our MES model and the Managed Equipment Service Model installed base, that grew by 86% in the first half. As a reminder, under the MES model, the Trofon Capital Equipment, uh, which is owned by Nanasonics, is placed in hospitals, and the facility pays an all-inclusive price for consumables in return for the use and maintenance of the capital equipment. So they pay a higher price for the consumables, and over time, that is actually a a more profitable model for for Nanosonics. And examples of strong adoption uh, include luminary sites such as King's College in London, uh, who adopted 40 units across nine departments, and uh, NHS 5 Hospital in Scotland, who adopted 20 units in the half, and that's just a number, two major luminaries. Obviously, there was others as well. And supporting ongoing growth in the UK is new guidance from the British Medical Ultrasound Society, or BEMIS, that have come out requiring high-level disinfection, and we're now very engaged with BEMIS and education programs through BEMIS. And of note during the half was the publication also of the first population-level study that for the first time quantified the increased risk From endocavity ultrasound procedures and this study was published by Health Protection Scotland and NHS National Services Scotland where they had monitored patients, thousands and thousands of patients over many years and the study demonstrated the clear link between improper endocavity ultrasound probe disinfection, so where high-level disinfection wasn't done and increased infection risk. Indeed, what the results showed was that patients were 41% more likely to have a positive bacterial culture and 26% more likely to be prescribed antibiotics 30 days after a transvaginal scan when the probe was not highly disinfected and the, the numbers were even worse for transrectal scans. And of course, that data is applicable globally and we're leveraging that data globally as part of our ongoing awareness and education programs. Um, during the half, the European Society of Radiology also published best practice recommendations and guidelines for infection prevention and control in ultrasounds and mandating high-level disinfection. So that's what we're leveraging in terms of our awareness and education from a pan-European perspective. And in Germany, various German experts expert societies, they've now published, or are preparing to publish, supporting recommendations for the decontamination of ultrasound probes, and in those, they stipulate very specific efficacy requirements, upfront cleaning requirements, and validation and documentation requirements, all of which our Trophon technology meets. And during the period in Germany, the University Hospital Frankfurt, which is considered not only a luminary site in Germany, but also considered a luminary site across Europe. was one of the key accounts to adopt TROPHON where they actually adopted 22 units were installed there under a rental type model. And in France, consensus is building in support of high-level disinfection of the semi-critical probes, and now a working group has been appointed by the Ministry of Health helped to actually develop new guidelines and that group is now in place and that's all on the back of investigations the Ministry did with respect to current practice which is seen as now and recognized now as suboptimal. And as mentioned as part of our geographic expansion plans for the region, we also appointed uh, John Stocks, our European Business Development Manager and he now has active programs in, currently in place in the Nordics and Switzerland um, and with potential new agreements to be signed uh, in this second half. In Australia and New Zealand, well, the Trothon has already achieved high market penetration, which is a demonstration of what is possible when guidelines are in place, and there was further uh, install-based growth uh, this half. And the market activities are now very focused on ensuring all semi-critical ultrasound probes are high-level disinfected in accordance with Uh, the local guidelines, which of course will further drive consumable revenue. In Japan, our pre-marketing programs are progressing with engagement with the relevant key opinion leaders and societies um, there through our partner Sakura Seiki, and an important local clinical study which aims to provide local data on microbial contamination and ultrasound probes is scheduled now to commence and be completed um, this half and this data aims to definitely support the generation of local Japanese guidelines. And I did note that the JSUM did come out with guidelines associated with transesophageal um, ultrasound. So um, you know we expect that uh, that can be expanded into all semi-critical ultrasound procedures, especially on the back of uh, the data on the studies that we are we are planning. And in the Middle East, well, there's two new distribution agreements were signed in the half, and sales have now commenced into Kuwait and Lebanon. And discussions are also underway uh, for expansion into other countries there, including Israel, the United Arab Emirates, and the uh, Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. So there is a lot of going on for the business uh, internationally, and importantly, you know, a lot of this activity is driven by the fact of increased acknowledgement and recognition of the importance of uh, high-level disinfection. From a, an outlook perspective, moving into the, the second half, uh, well, we expect, obviously, Trophon to continue to further establish itself as standard of care with continued growth in the installed base in North America where we expect that the second half uh, units should be quite similar to the the first half, so very good cumulative growth in the total installed base expected, which of course generates then the ongoing annuity stream of revenue from the consumables and service and the likes. We momentum, we expect to continue to grow in the UK, where we did already give guidance as for the full year We expect uh, new unit growth to be in the order of 75 to 100% and we're well on our way to achieving that and at least 90% of those installations we expect to be under our MES uh, program. GE Healthcare are expected to continue to manage inventory as per the first half but continue to sell into, uh, into, uh, into the market and that could you know, results, again, in a degree of variability in volume and phasing of their purchases. But all of that, again, just needs to be taken into context of the most important revenue we're getting is revenue associated with units going into the market, not necessarily going into inventory. And ongoing investment, of course, in our long-term growth strategy. So in FY18, our operating expenses are still expected to be in the range of 48 million, uh, including uh, a greater increase in R&D expenditure in H2 versus H1. And of course, we'll have the full costs associated with all the increased infrastructure that we put place in this half, which was phased across the half, we'll have the full costs of those uh, in the second half. And importantly, beyond this year and into FY19 and 20, well, we definitely expect Strong growth to continue in the trope uninstalled base, but in all core international markets as all these new guidelines uh, continue to be released and rolled out and the requirements for high-level disinfection of all semi-critical probes is understood and adopted and that's well underway. We do expect to continue our geographical expansion into new markets and as you remember in July 2019 the new GE Healthcare Capital Reseller Agreement comes into effect. And that of course results in a material increase in revenue and margin for nanosonics from the sale of consumables associated with the existing GE installed base, which our infrastructure is now set up to to take on. And of course uh, we expect, you know, in FY nineteen and twenty, we're expecting introduction of new products, including the second generation of Trophon and as mentioned before, targeting one or more new infection prevention solutions uh, in the FY20 timeframe, subject, of course, to regulatory approval. So a lot going on for the business, and I'll pause there and open for any questions.
0: Thank you. If you wish to ask a question, please press star 1 on your telephone and wait for your name to be announced. If you wish to cancel your request, please press star 2. If you're on a speakerphone, please pick up the handset to ask your question. Your first question comes from Mattis Smith with Canaccord.
2: Hi, Michael and McGregor. I um, have a nice long list of questions for you today. So first thing is, uh, historically, you've reported the um, global install base as well as the U.S. one, but um, that wasn't in the press release. Are you able to provide that this, this oh, sure, half? Maddie, yes,
1: it's just over 16,000. So the, um, you know, at the last half, the global install base was fourteen, just over 14,000, and uh, um, now it's over sixteen
2: thousand. Excellent. And, and just to reiterate, um, uh, from the commentary you said, you know, we, we had seventeen hundred units in, in North America. We should be thinking about that pretty much for this, this half as well as growth in the install base. Is that correct? Can you
1: let me know?
2: Right. Yep. Um, previously, you've said the R and D investment for this year is going to be around fifteen million. So with just just under five this half. Should we be thinking about ten million for the next half? Is that, or is that getting a bit too rich?
1: No, that's yeah. That, that's it, it. Won't be that low. I think previously we flagged around a fourteen million um, mark for R and D. Yeah, the first half was more associated with phasing on a number of these programs, and we certainly are expecting a, 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 a decent increase in R and D expenditure in the second half. It might be just uh, you know a bit under fourteen million, and, and yeah. a lot of that has to do with phasing. But no, there is a relatively material
2: increase in R and D expenditure in the no, sorry, I actually meant ten million for the half.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah, be lower lower than that.
2: Yeah, it'll be it'll be lower than that. Okay. A little bit lower. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, okay. Um, one of the numbers that struck me is uh, you know. Dividing the install base you talk about with the number of procedures, um, I've been sort of thinking around three and a half to four procedures per machine per day. But taking forty-two thousand Trophon events, and the install base sort of points more towards three. Is that me getting too clever with my maths, or um? You're right. It, it can
1: be between three and four, and I, I was just being conservative there. I mean, it's, okay, you know, it's certainly a range of of. Uh, a, you know, procedures being done by a day, by, uh, by machine, but
2: yep. you know, it's, it's three to four type uh, number. Okay, great. I was probably reading too much into it. Um, in 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 the UK, and I think I think this is you know being made clear with King's College. But my understanding is one of the key differences between the UK and the US is that the UK hospitals um, tend to adopt this technology much more holistically whereas in the u.s. it tends to be more by department rather than by hospitals and you know that seems consistent with what we've seen with those two luminary sites is is that still the way of the world or
1: look it, it is uh, generally i'd say that's, a, that's a, an accurate statement because the in the uk the decontamination um, leads uh, equivalent to an infection prevention group i guess um, get very, very involved up front, and um, whereas in the, the US, I mean, historically it was very much department by department, but now we've got this very big push in there to make sure with the infection preventionists um, that they're really aware of the vast range of ultrasound procedures that are happening across the hospital and engaging with them. So. Uh, which should result in more and more units being adopted within the same hospital. It still may happen over different time periods because the, uh, of the, you know, the way the departmental budgets are structured in the U.S. compared to the hospital budgets in the in the U.K. But overall, you know, the ultimate goal is, whether it's in the U.K. or whether it's in the U.S., is to make sure that anywhere. Semi-critical ultrasound procedures are being conducted. That those probes are high-level disinfected with trofon.
2: So, so this could be a unique moment in history where the US may catch up with the UK. Oh, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and finally, I just want to um, uh, ask, you know, with the European Society of Radiology guidelines issued, and and obviously other ones coming out in Germany how influential are they in dictating clinical practice? Um, you know, are, are they, you know, recommended or is it a little, little bit more like it is in the U.S., where if you don't adhere to the guidelines that you can lose accreditation and, and various bits of recognition? So I'm just trying to get a feel for how much of a stick those guidelines are for, for driving adoption in Europe.
1: the guidelines are certainly very very important in generating awareness in um, you know elevating this topic in the minds of the various practitioners at a local level yeah Um, they 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 sort of have to be combined with then local level guidelines and um, so we're leveraging the European Society guidelines with local level guidelines. Hence, why what we're seeing now in in the likes of Germany and France. So, uh, you know, we'll we'll still continue to work with the pan-European societies as well as the local societies. So, they're important, but they're not the they're not the mandates like the CDC, you know, for, that covers the whole
2: of the United States. Okay, that, that's great. Thanks very much. Thanks a lot, Mary.
0: Once again, if you wish to ask a question, please press star 1 on your telephone and wait for your name to be announced. Your next question comes from Shane Storey with Wilsons.
2: Well, thanks for taking the question. Um, look, it, I was just
1: if wondered if you could help just with the model, just how we should think about those 1,700 trophy placements over the half and how they sort of broke down between your own sales organisation and, and that of GE. But Shane, look a good question. We've not split out the in the past and you know the numbers going via GE versus the numbers grow, going going via nanosonics. But what I will say is the, the ratio between from NAN to GE is growing. Right. Um, but in that mix as well that I think it's important to understand is you know, you've got direct Um, sales you've got sales to GE then you've got sales in that whole 1700 that's associated with capital resellers in other words the OEMs but also in we even within our direct some of those sales include rental sales now in the in the US so there is a mix I really appreciate that that makes modeling on some of these things um, quite difficult but we'd like to um, bed down some of these models and get a, a better appreciation ourselves as to what the mix and ratios would look like, um, to enable us to give you some good guidance as to, you know, how you could how you could uh, base your models. And when we think about the, um, I guess the sales activity, you've got parallel. I mean, there are some parallel sales activity there when you sort of think about what G is doing, what your your own force is doing. Do you see any um, do you see any price pressure? Um, say, in in this half versus, I guess, the prior period uh, with respect to the average selling price? I mean, would would you characterise it as competitive
2: as that between the two sales teams?
1: Look, I I wouldn't say they're competitive. And uh, I mean, what we're really interested in is, to be honest, with all these models, what we're really interested in is demand generation. So quite frankly, irrespective of whether the unit is sold directly from Nanosonics, which yes could deliver us a bit higher margin, or through GE, or through a capital reseller, which we 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 ultimately um, support because we'll install those units for the, with a capital reseller model. We're we're very interested to make sure more and more gets adopted um, at this stage, rather than being very very focused on which uh, channel it goes through. Because remember. From July to, you know, uh, from July 2019, well, then effectively um, the installed base, the total installed base, irrespective of the channel they purchased through broadband effectively, comes to nanasonics, um for uh, the provision of consumables. So you will, I mean, in all of these mixes and depending on the time of the year, et cetera, you will have a range of prices as well depending on the deals that are being done, et cetera. um, But I'd like to think that we're more in demand generation mode than competing mode. Thanks. Thanks, Michael. That's my questions. Cheers.
0: Once again, if you wish to ask a question, please press star 1 on your telephone and wait for your name to be announced. There are no further questions at this time. I'll now hand back to Mr. Kavanaugh for closing. Pardon me. We have a question from Darren Oshi with Lincoln Managed Funds.
2: Uh, hi, Michael. Um, congratulations again on continuing to grow the install base. Um, I was just wondering if you could provide a um, little bit of a breakdown between the revenue split between capital and consumables.
1: Um, yes. Look, uh, traditionally, um, we you know, talked about in the capital consumables, it was moving towards the the 60-40 sort of um, range, 60% capital, 40% consumables. In this particular half, um, it's an interesting thing with the business models that have um, that have now emerged, especially things like the managed equipment service and the. Uh, where we saw as we report as you know, a large increase in growth in the mes in the u k of course um, rentals etc well, then because we 're not generating capital revenue from those or little capital revenue or, or the capital revenue on rentals is over time, the ratios have shifted, and interestingly, you know in this half the the split is is closer to about fifty fifty now some of that can also be. Um, impacted by the timing of orders, and particularly with consumables, with um, with GE, and as I mentioned in the release as well, you know there was a degree of inventory management with GE, where across consumables and and um, and accessories, there was a reduction of 1.8, and that plays into the into the mix as well. But at this stage, the the um, the, the ratio for this half was about 50-50. But also, of note with all of that, of course, is our, our gross margin was uh, running at about 74%. Okay,
2: great. Um, so just wondering if you could give us a little bit more color on when you see new products coming along, online.
1: Um, look, over and above, really what I've said in the release and what I've consistently said... Um, the, you know that everyone knows that we're working on second generation of Trophon, but we're not saying to the market at what time that that uh, is being launched for all the obvious reasons. And of course, with the the non-Trophon uh, new product developments, well, then we've we've not discussed again for the obvious competitive and IP reasons. We've not discussed. Um, you know, what those are, with the exception of saying we are very active in in our activities there. And, you know, highlighted in the release, you know, beyond FY18 and, you know, FY19, FY20, we expect second generation of Tropon and one or more of these new products, um, you know, in FY20, um, regulatory approvals, of course, uh, dependent.
2: Okay. Thanks very much, Michael. Thank you.
0: Your next question comes from shareholder Brian Tully.
2: Good morning, uh, Michael and McGregor. Um, uh, I've been involved with Nanasonics or a shareholder in Nanasonics since um, 2009 and, um, uh, and we've watched with great delight how the company has grown. Um, but of course, one day we'll be interested in, in a dividend. Has the company considered uh, when they may pay a dividend?
1: Well, Brian, thanks for that question and and congratulations on being a shareholder so long. And I wish I was in it back in two thousand and nine as well. The um, look, that that is certainly um, a very important topic that does get discussed at the board. And uh, you know, shareholder value creation is of utmost um, priority um, for the for the company and the board. At the moment, we believe that we're going to create a lot more shareholder value by, at this stage, investing in our you know, various growth strategies in terms of our international expansion as well as our product expansion. And once we get those things underway, Brian, well then, personally as a shareholder, as myself as well, I wouldn't mind seeing a dividend. But rest assured, it's a topic that's, that's continuously on the agenda and um, that the board do look at.
2: Thank you, Michael.
0: Your next question comes from Mark Packer's with BioShares.
2: Hi, Michael. Just wondering if you can explain the um, just the, the top line result, the revenue, which is fallen um, 17%, and that's on the back of um, tr- installed funds increasing by more than 25% from a year ago. Okay. Um,
1: so, the, if you're looking at it on TCP there's a, a number of of impacts that um really account for that difference when we when we um had the, that $36 million uh, revenue um 12 months ago uh, if you go back to the releases you'll identify that part of that 36 million was quite a large um Increase or or purchase of Trophon units by GE at the time, because GE um, you know had nearly run out of Trophon units, and there was in excess of three million dollars worth of inventory bill just in Trophon units at that particular time. It also in that that particular period there was um, a phasing um, associated with consumables. There was a large purchase of consumables. Also, um, at that time, Uh, there was, you know, back in that particular half, um, there was about uh, 1,000, 2,000 units gone into the UX in that particular half compared to 1,700 uh, units in this half. So um, if you you add all of those things, and of course, a big impact uh, between PCP and the result today was also FX. Would have been in the order of three quarters to a million dollars as well. So if you if you take all of all of those things cumulatively, um, you know it would normalize those numbers back to uh, the numbers that you're you're seeing today. I mean, likewise, if you just look on our numbers this half compared to last half, which look like they're going down, but if you look at them in the context of the fact of a 1.8 million dollar um you know reduction in inventory um by g e um then you know the impact of different business models you know the the m e s where we were not recognizing the the revenue uh, of the capital equipment you know a lot of units went out in rental, like I mentioned in frankfurt twenty two units went out in in rental. You add all of those things up, and in, in, in addition to FX and actual fact, you would have seen growth in the in the actual top line revenue. So I think, there, you know, at this stage of the business, and something I've been stressing is one of the most important metrics um, for people, and certainly internally that we look at is make sure that the the underlying growth in the installed base globally. Continues to go uh, nicely, which actually is the case, and that's what should give people comfort.
2: Thanks. And just just a bit of follow-on from Shane's question with um, competitive uh, pressure there. Um, you're, are you still maintaining this, this, the same prices for your consumables? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Thanks very much.
0: There are no further questions at this time. I'll now hand back to Mr. Kavanaugh for closing remarks.
1: Okay, well again, thank you all for joining the call and your support and uh, all the uh, insightful questions that came through this morning. Um, Hopefully we have provided enough information and granular information to help people understand the the result that was put out this morning. And uh, we look forward to continuing to perform uh, on behalf of all our shareholders. Thanks a lot.